Good evening, Lake Church. Oh, come on. It's Wednesday. You can do better than that. Good evening, Lake Church. Seriously? Come on, guys. This is the core group of Lake Church. Good evening, Lake Church. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know who did that, but get me started. All right. So, I want to welcome everybody online. Glad you're watching with us tonight. And uh, so we are having a garage sale. So bring your donations by the office Monday through Thursday from 9 to 3. The sale is going to be May 6th through 7th. Don't bring any old underwear. Bring gently used stuff. Don't just clean out your garage. Because if I did that, I could do a whole garage sale all by myself. So that's just an excuse to get in there and find the good stuff. So this is going to this is going to summer camp. So let's make sure we do this right and we really help out the youth. All right. Don't forget that we've got uh, mission fundraisers out in the commons. They got all that good cookies and cakes and pies and all that good stuff. And then, ladies, there is greater tomorrow night. All right. One of you's excited. That's exciting. Two people are going. That's exciting. All right. So, uh, and also, don't forget that we've got these little cool bulletins out in the front. has all the stuff that's going to go on for the month. Make sure you grab one of those. Or have your wife grab one, because my wife has one, so she just tells me what's going on. I like it that way. I'm not responsible that way. All right, well, we're going to take up our evening offering. Um, there's many ways you can give here at Lake Church. You can go to lake-church.com. Just follow the giving tab, and it'll walk you right through it. Once you do it the first time, it's all stored in there. It's super easy. Or you can text to give. I know a number is going to pop up on there. Probably not. Anyway, it's on the back of the seats in front of you there if you need it. Or you can do an envelope. Do it the old-fashioned way. Just stick it in an envelope, put it in the bucket when you go out, and we will take your money. So let's pray over our offering and get this thing going, because I know John has got some word for us tonight. I'm excited to hear what he's got. So, Father God, I just praise you and I glorify you. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve in your kingdom, Lord. I am just so thankful for you and who you are and who you made us to be. Father God, I'm in awe of you. Your goodness, because you are a good God. And not only do you give every good gift, you give every good and perfect gift. And I just exalt you tonight, Lord. I just pray that you bless each and every person that's given tonight, Lord. And that, Father God, you just bless them, Lord. That, Father God, I just, I just praise you and I thank you for this wonderful place that we have to come worship. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Good evening. How are we doing tonight? All right. Well, we're going to be better by the end of the night. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so thankful to be here. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, we just celebrated 15 years here at Lake Church. And I can't even believe that I've been here all 15 years. It's absolutely insane. Has anyone been here 15 years? Anyone? All right. We got a couple of hands. Hallelujah. 10 years. 10 years. Hallelujah. Thank you. 
We got five, four, three, going two, going one. Hallelujah. Thank you for your faithfulness. Because I believe it's necessary for you to be here because you're a part of the body. And the body ain't ain't the same without one of its members. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for each individual member sitting in the seats and watching online. I want to thank you so much, and I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So let's go 15 more. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 34. Luke 22, 31 through 34. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Skip down to verse 40. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Skip down to uh, verse 54. Jesus had just been taken away. Then they seized him and led him away bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him, but he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are, what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. 
Hallelujah. I want to draw our attention to verse 32 there. We'll go, go back up to verse 32. And he says, Jesus says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Jesus knew what he was up against, but he still chose to pray for his brothers. He still chose to pray for disciples that were with him that wouldn't go through the crucifixion, that wouldn't go through what he was going to, but he had so much love to pray for them because he knew he knew they would be tempted to deny him. Hallelujah. But this is the amazing thing. Not only did he pray for Peter and the disciples, he's praying for us right now. Hallelujah. It says in Romans 8:34 that Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who is raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So there is no difference. The same Jesus who prayed for Peter and prayed for the disciples is the same Jesus who is praying for each individual member according to the plan and purpose he has given you. You don't need mama. You don't need dad. You don't need grandpa and grandpa. Grandpa, grandma and grandpa. What happens when they're gone? You're going to rely on just their prayers? You got Jesus, the son of the living God, praying for you. <laughs> Someone needed to hear that tonight. I don't care who's praying for you. You got the son of God interceding on your behalf. And it's a man who understands you like no one understands you. He understands you, and he understands the person right next to you. No one can do that but him. Hallelujah. And I love this. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. He said this because he said, Simon, Satan demanded to have you. That means he needs permission. It didn't say Satan had him. It said Satan demanded to have. And Satan has demanded to have each individual here. But I'm telling you, it's up to us. <laughs> and I'm telling you, look, it's, it's, it's not just, oh, I have resisted him and I have kept him from coming. I'm telling you, it, it's a lot more complicated than that. <laughs> he picks a good fight, and that's the thing. He keeps going. Hallelujah. 
But I want you to know it's about seed time and harvest. And Satan comes during the time. You don't really have a problem with him when you're in your word, you're getting fed good by your pastor, you're excited about coming to church, you get excited because all you're listening to is praise and worship. Who wants to listen to that worldly music anymore? Oh, it's just what I just love. I can't, I can't get enough of it. And seed is being thrown on soil. Seed is being thrown on soil and it's going in and it's going in and everything's peachy and everything's nice. But it's during the time that Satan comes. He'll let you plant your seed, but he'll do anything to choke it. He'll let you plant it. He'll let you go to church. He'll let you read your Bible. But he does not want it producing. He does not want your seed to grow. Hallelujah. But he's demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Hallelujah, we're going to talk about that later, okay? I don't want to get ahead of myself. But showing here, right there in that verse, it says, once you've repented, hallelujah, he says, I have prayed that your faith may not fail, that you would repent, and then what? Strengthen your brothers. Hallelujah. This purpose isn't just for you. <laughs> it's for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. We are comforted in knowing that there are people in this world going through the exact same trial, the exact same thing they are suffering from. You are not alone. Hallelujah. And it's good to know that. Who wants to listen to someone who isn't or hasn't gone through what you are going through right now. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how you got through it. I want to hear about how this situation can look more on the brighter side. Hallelujah, because I'm telling you, I haven't been happy where I'm at lately. And there's been times where I didn't even want to show up through these doors. I'm talking that. I'm talking that suffering. But he says, strengthen your brothers. He says in 2 Corinthians 1, 4 through 6, he says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So what does that mean? That we deposit the comfort that God has instilled to us into the others who need the comfort. You know, we tell them, oh, you're going through a hard time, just, just pray just pray, brother. Just pray. Just read that. You really think they feel like, oh, popping up their Bible and reading while they're doing that? 
They're suffering for his name's sake. Oh, that, that's exactly how I feel. I'll just, I'll just watch nothing but sermons. You are not thinking that when you are on fire, literally on fire to be tested. You are not thinking about the next sermon you're going to watch. You're thinking, how in the heck am I going to get through this? That's what you're thinking. Come on, can we be real? I'm tired. Look, here's the thing. This is what God has been doing with me. He has been taking, he, uh, he already took. The fake is out of me. There ain't one ounce of fake because it was squeezed and pressed out of me like an orange being pressed for its juice. Every last drop of fake that I had in me is gone in the name of Jesus. I am not fake anymore, and I will not settle for it. God did not make me to be fake. He did not make me to act like somebody else. He made me to be me with my own emotions, with my own talents, with my own gifts. Why should I live my life trying to be like somebody else when he made me to be me? He made you to be you. And you have to learn to accept it because I'm telling you, and I'll say this, you can put this on my headstone. Hallelujah. If I can't be myself with the Father, I'm not going to preach this gospel. Let that sit. If I can't be who I am with the Father, I'm not preaching this gospel. Hallelujah. I should wake you up to say, man, why should I act like anybody else? It's only going to bring you in more pain. You're going to cry your eyes out one night saying, why did I waste such precious time trying to be someone I wasn't? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he says, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation if we are comforted. It is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. You know, I wasn't told about suffering when I was, in, <laughs> when I was told about Jesus. <laughs> but you later, you later find that out. Hallelujah. <laughs> you find that out the hard way. <laughs> but I want to look at I want to look at the suffering of Jesus here. And I want you to know that suffering is not wasted. It is necessary for you to receive the blessing. It is necessary for you to receive the harvest of what God wants you to have. Hallelujah. Luke 22 
43 through 46 there. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven. We got an angel from heaven showing up next to Jesus. Strength, just strengthening him. But I love the next sentence because even though it says strengthening him, it says, and being in agony. You mean to tell me an angel, a messenger from the Lord, praying for you, strengthening you, and you're still in agony? That doesn't make much sense. Oh, <laughs> then you haven't suffered for his name yet. <laughs> because that it is. Even though he does strengthen you, he still has you walk through it. He's not going to save you, just, just take you somewhere place and just, oh, just forget about that mess. You don't even need it. It's okay. I was just trying to test you. You know, I'm pulling a prank on you. No, it's not. He's going to have you go through it because he knows what you need is on the other side. Yes. Hallelujah. But he says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This is how much pressure Jesus was under. That his sweat was like drops of blood down his head. Because he knew what he would have to endure. And when he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Listen, during these tests and trials, don't be surprised if your friends are asleep. It's, most of these times are quiet. And the friends that you could rely on before aren't there. That's suffering. Because not only Jesus is suffering here, he doesn't have the support for people to watch for him, <laughs> for people to be alert for him, only they're asleep. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We showed in Psalm 22, who, were, who, who was here Sunday? I love that message from my dad that's speaking on Psalm 22. This is just wonderful to read, to be reminded of what Jesus went through for us on the cross. Hallelujah. And it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out my, by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. We've, at least one of us has said something like that. Said, where are you? Why have you left me? But these were the words uttered out of Jesus' own mouth because he was truly forsaken. 
The thing is, you can say it all you want. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So he did it on your behalf. He was forsaken so you would never be forsaken. <laughs> we can never be forsaken. It says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand, understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. So he was tempted was something he wasn't even a part of. But not only was he not a part of it, he became it. He became what makes temptation. <laughs> Hallelujah. He became sin. He became something he wasn't. You didn't hear me. He became something he wasn't to fulfill the plan and purpose so we would become something we aren't. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's no one, <laughs> there's no one better than Jesus. He understands you. Because of everything that was put on him on that cross and what he walked in as a man, he understands you. And I know you feel he don't understand you. You feel, okay, it was a long time ago. It was in the Bible times. There's no way he could understand the situation. He was betrayed before he was crucified. I'm telling you, anything, if a person has betrayed you, know Jesus was betrayed as well. And he did not sin. Here's the thing. Here's the problem. You sinned. He didn't. <laughs> but he was tempted. He was tempted to show, I'm going to be like them in every single aspect. But I'm going to do it for them and not sin, but still be tempted to do it. And I'm going to do it on their behalf. Oh, what a, a Jesus who loves you so much to be able to go through that. Hallelujah. You think of the intense pressure because he says, if you can remove this cup from me, if it be your will, do it. But no answer. His own father didn't even answer him. But you want to know why? Because he knew he had to do it. Hallelujah. There was no other way. And what was the cup? Was it the stripes on his back? Was it the crown of thorns pressed on his brow? It was the wrath of God. 
It was the wrath of God that he was afraid of. It was the wrath of God that he was most concerned about. And each individual here, you have not and you will never experience the wrath of God. Listen, your body might take upon some stripes. You may have a crown of thorns even pressed upon your head. You may be spit on. You may be mocked. But you will never take the wrath of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and know that and, and let that encourage you. They can do anything to me. But the wrath was satisfied with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Luke twenty-two fifty-five through 62 here. Luke 22. Oh, not 55. I'm sorry. Starting at verse 60. I apologize. Keep in mind that Peter, he was close to when Jesus was with the guards and being brought to be beaten and then crucified. And Peter is following, following from afar. And uh, I know what Peter felt because I'm telling you this right now. Don't be surprised that Peter denied Jesus because you've denied him as well. <laughs> we like to say, oh my gosh, why would Peter of all people deny Jesus? How many times have you said, nah, I don't believe it anymore. Bye. Yeah. Come on. I'm done. Yeah. See ya. Come on. Come on. Just take away my chair out of the congregation. I'm not coming anymore. Yeah. I know it has my name on it, but please get it off. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> But he says, right here in verse 60, but Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Oh, Lord, the rooster's crowed many times in my life. <laughs> oh, God, you would think I have a farm in my house. Is how many times that dang rooster's crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. He turned and looked at him. Oh, my God. Think about that. <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't have that. We don't have Jesus just looking at us from afar right when we deny him. Oh, my gosh. You can you even imagine what that felt like? To know that he did the very thing he said he would never do. But he says, I'll go with you to the prison. I'll, I'll go with you to the death. And what does Jesus say? You're going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times, as a matter of fact. And you're going to hear that rooster crow. 
And when that rooster crows, I'll be looking at you. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I'm thankful for Peter and what he went through. But here's the thing. He went out and wept. Because this is the thing. I, I, I truly believe I have felt what Peter has felt to an extent. Because I can imagine Peter is sitting by that fire and he's seeing the one he has served for all that time, the one he loves, the one he knows is the spotless lamb, the one who take the sin of the world and it's finally here. It's finally happening. And he says, and he looks at himself and he says, I don't remember signing up for this. Because he's something I'm not. But I'm supposed to be like him. And I'm not. He's not being showered with gifts and being kissed and being celebrated. Because I saw him heal all those people. But now they hate him. I'm with the most, the, the least popular guy, the most hated man in the universe. And I'm a sidekick. I think I know what that felt like. <laughs> because I've looked at something I wasn't. And I thought to myself, there is no way. There is no way I could be that. And some of you, you have gotten to that point. You have said, there is no way. I came to a place and I stopped and I said, I, th th it goes too far. It's too far. It's too much. It's too much. But didn't Jesus pray for Peter? Why did he pray for Peter? Because he knew. He knew what Peter would be feeling. Peter runs and weeps. He's gone. Because he was faced with the reality of what he wasn't. We have to face the reality of what we aren't in order to change into the image of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He tried to disguise it. He tried to deny what was expected of him. He wasn't ready for the harvest because all he saw was an unbelievable expectation of the growth he had to acquire when seeing Jesus carry out by guards. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. Hallelujah. He was faced with what he wasn't. And I'm telling you, the devil, he is sifting the church like wheat. He is sifting the church like wheat, and he is looking forward to you to deny him, to deny God, and to leave. 
this so thing, Christianity. Sifting is a violent shaking. You know you're being sifted when you're being shaken. And he will shake you like you've never been shook before. To where you question everything. Why am I even pulling up in this church driveway? Why do I even follow these ministers on Instagram? Has anyone asked those questions? Asked themselves some questions? Come on. Oh, I got one real person here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's okay. It's not a sin to question. <laughs> it's not a sin to doubt what he's going to do through you. Yes. He knows what you feel because he felt it. Right. Hallelujah. But he's sifting the church like we, and all of us have or will deny Jesus just as Peter did. You're going to do it. If you have it, you're going to do it. Sorry to break the news to you, but you will. You say, I can't take it anymore. I can't do this anymore. I thought my life was just supposed to be happy because I serve Jesus. We are a part. Because we are one, his body, you suffer with him. But we're a body. You're not by yourself. We are suffering together. <laughs> There's nothing better than that. He's like, come on, guys, let's go suffer. No one says that. Come on. You talk about suffering at a dinner party, you're not going to be invited back. <laughs> God, that guy is really depressing. I don't want him to come anymore. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But I want you to know, and this is, this is what God wants to let you know. And I got this I, um, recently when I was mowing. And I was just mowing my backyard, and he loves to talk to me while I mow. Just for, and I don't, I don't know why, he just does it. I love to mow. I love to weed eat. Um, I know it doesn't look like it, but, um, but I love to just do that. And... He chooses to talk to me in these times, and I'm just like, good Lord, this is good. Let me write it down. And hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who reminds me what he's shown me and being able to write it down and what I'm talking about tonight. Hallelujah. What God tells you is also for others as well. When he comforts you, you share that comfort with another believer. Hallelujah. But he's saying your harvest is growing behind you. Your harvest is growing behind you. So if I have a mower, I can't see that it's mowed in front of me. I only see long grass. It's just like when the seeds, the seeds that I'm talking about, when you, when you were in the word, when you were speaking the word and acting on the word and do, doing the word, not just hearing it. But hearing and doing the word and believing on him, seeds have been scattered upon the field. Yeah. And they've been planted in good soil. 
But during the time, seed time and harvest, you are looking at barren ground. There's nothing growing because you can't see what's underneath. Hallelujah. You're not supposed to see. I love how God works, but it angers me sometimes. <laughs> and he's okay with that. <laughs> he's not mad at me. He's not mad at you. He's pleased with you. But you're not supposed to see what's growing. You're not supposed to see what has been planted. Hallelujah. But I want you to know, you need to know that your eyes must be on Jesus. Because during that time is when the enemy comes in and begins to distract you. Yeah. And is saying, you, you look at all this, all for nothing. You got nothing growing. Must have been just wasted time. You wasted all that time coming here. You wasted all that time buying those good books that Pastor Greg recommended. You wasted your time. You wasted your money. Go and do something that's worth it. So you go and look for other things. While... It's growing, but you're too distracted to know it. I'm telling you, oh, I've been in some times where I'm telling you, forensic files sounded better than a Sunday morning. That'll preach. I'm telling you, you, you say, Netflix special just sounds more exciting to me right now. Who's been in that place? <laughs> you say, anything comes up, he says, well, how are you doing? What, what has God been telling you? I got nothing. <laughs> because I haven't been in it, and I don't want to be in it. Because if it costs me this much, and I don't see anything producing, screw it. I'm preaching too real. I told you the fake was out. I told you the fake was out. Oh, it's a little too real for you tonight. But I'm just telling you the truth. Because why did Peter flee? Why did he run away? Weeping. It's because he was done. He was done. He was not only embarrassed because he did the very thing Jesus told him he would do, and he did it. Was Peter at the prison with Jesus? Was Peter at Jesus' death? He was depressed, and he was upset with himself. Oh, and I've been there. I've been there. I've been to the point where I said, I can't take this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. You ask me to preach, I'm going to laugh in your face. 
I've been there. Oh, I've been here. But I'm preaching in front of you tonight (laughs) to tell you the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of me. Hallelujah. He can raise me up. He can raise you with him. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It says in James 1, 2 through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, which is endurance or perseverance. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Count it all joy. You want to know how you can count it all joy? You can count it all joy knowing that Jesus went through everything you're going to go through for you to show you that a man anointed by God can do it. Hallelujah. And he puts the members of his body in place to strengthen, to encourage, to uplift one another. Because hallelujah, I'm so thankful that when I was going, oh, I just felt as if I was just being, I was being smushed, I was on fire, all at the same time. I felt as if I could not take it anymore. I felt like the dirt. I felt the lowest of the low. And I felt as if no one understood me. But I learned that Jesus understood me. Because he was brought lower than I could even go. He was taken to hell. He went to the lowest low. Hallelujah for me and you. But here's the thing. The the thing is with these tests and trials of various kinds, it says various kinds... For you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So in order for you to obtain your harvest, to be able to grab your harvest, you must endure. You must count it all joy. And when you meet these trials of various, you go in to the testing of your faith, it produces endurance and perseverance to where you're able to do it. Look, who remembers the first time they, they found out, oh, my gosh, I'm having a kid? Yeah. At that time, do you think you could have taken care of a kid? <laughs> you were faced with the reality of someone you aren't. You think, good Lord, why is my husband so scared? Because he's faced with the reality of a, being a father, he's not. But it's a blessing. And in order to receive that blessing, you must endure. You must persevere. You must go through it. 
but knowing that Jesus has your back, that he's interceding for you, that we have a great mediator now who intercedes for us. You have all the support you can get. So stop being too stuck up in your pride to be able to ask someone for help. Because if you don't, you're going to stay in the same attitude you have. Hallelujah. I don't want to talk to people who haven't been through it. I want to talk to people who have been through the fire, who have been refined. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, hallelujah. Is anyone getting anything out of this? Oh, Jesus, thank you. What a mighty Jesus we serve. First Peter 5, 8 through 11, it says, with Satan, he's... Uh, he's warning us. He's saying, be sober-minded, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You got brothers and sisters going through the same thing. That's why the church needs to talk. You need to be real. Stop faking it. Stop hiding it. You are not okay every single Sunday. I don't care what you say. You fought on the way here. Don't tell me that everything's just peachy. When you walk in, because I gotten to the point where I would straight up tell someone I'm not okay. And I'll tell you, if I'm not okay, I'll tell you. Because the pressure that God, he helped me in, he strengthened me in, made it to where I can't do that anymore. I just can't. Can't be fake anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just want to be real for him. Amen. But it says, and after you have suffered a little while, a little while. Hallelujah. This is temporary. Yes. It's not all the time. <laughs> but when it is, it feels like it's forever. <laughs> but it's a little while. The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, Will himself, I said, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. He will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. After a little while, hallelujah, to him be the dominion forever and ever, amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and turn to Mark 16. I want to show you something. Mark 16. I was talking with Pastor Kevin Barnell. Who loves Pastor Kevin? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for him. 
Oh, I'm so thankful for that man. Seriously, in the times to where I, like I told you, I said I can't do this anymore, he was there. He was there to listen. And I, I can owe it to him. I can say he's one of the reasons why I'm even on this stage right now. You need to have people lifting you up. And you need to be humble enough and real enough to say when you're down. Stop acting like everything's perfect because you're a Christian. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not the truth. Hallelujah. Mark 16. We've got to stop lying to ourselves. Mark 16, verses 6 through 7. I love this. See, you got to think of Peter, okay? Peter is home right now watching Lifetime Originals. He's upset. He's done. And look, look at this. This is Jesus resurrected. And this is what it says there in uh, verse 6. Actually, let's, let's say there verse 5 here. And entering into, entering there, they saw a young man sitting on the right side clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. And he said unto them, Be not afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples. And what does it say? Say it again. Say it again. And Peter. He didn't just say, go tell the disciples. He said, go tell the disciples and Peter. And he's saying this very day, go tell my disciples and Wade. <laughs> he's calling you out to say, I know it hurt. I know this was crazy, but you endured. And I'm here to raise you back up. I'm here to show you that your effort is not wasted. That what you did for me is not wasted. That even though you denied me, I'm still here in open arms to say, I love you. And I need you. <laughs> Deny him all you want. He will still use you. There's been so many times where I was in sin where I felt ashamed, where I felt guilt, and he wants me to go cast out demons. Yeah. Right. Come on. Come on. What? Yeah. They're going to call me when I'm feeling this guilt and shame because it doesn't matter. He doesn't see that. He sees his spirit. He sees Jesus in me. And if he sees Jesus in me, he's going to use Jesus in me. Hallelujah. I'm thankful Jesus used <laughs> his healing power. I'm thankful Jesus did what he was supposed to do so I would do what I need to do. He is the very testimony of my life. 
I don't need anything else to follow. I follow him and his testimony and the gospels, and it's enough for me to fulfill the purpose and plan he's called me to. I'm telling you, he's calling you out. And he's saying, go tell them the harvest is ready. And not only this, not only are you going to get that harvest, you're going to know what to do with it. You're going to know how to handle it. Because you persevered. You went through it. You endured it. So you know what it takes. Your character has changed. You wouldn't have been able to collect the harvest the same way you were. You weren't even ready. You were down in the dumps, <laughs> crying in the ground. But you didn't look to see what was around you. Your seed that has now sprouted up and is ready to be taken up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, he's calling you out right now. Oh, I hope this encourages you tonight. I want you to know, I know I've been at my lowest low. I'm telling you, I've been to where I can't take this anymore. I'm absolutely done. I was to the point to where I was looking for anything to make me laugh. That's how depressed I was. <laughs> And you look for other things, but I'm telling you, your answer is in Jesus. Hallelujah. And you keep your eyes on Jesus, I'm telling you, you're going to see it come forth. You're going to see that harvest come to pass. And you will be able to take it up. And it's going to be so big that you can't even, it's, it's, you can't even hold on to it for yourself. It has to be for others. That's the way harvests are. It's not just for you. Hallelujah, it's for everyone. Hallelujah. You're all going to get a piece of my harvest in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I'll share. I don't, I don't care. I'll share. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got like one minute left. And uh, all I have, I, uh, recently I've been listening to a song called uh, Christ Be Magnified by um, Corey Asbury or Cody Carnes and the, the bridge, I want to read the br bridge because it has been such a, uh, I mean, I, I sing it and I sing it with what I've gone through and, and, and out of me and it's just amazing. I just want you to hear it. It says, I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. If it puts me through the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. Because if the cross brings transformation, you can hang me there with you. Because death is just the doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing 
my song will be the same. I'm telling you, there's another one in the fire right now. <laughs> there's another one in your fire. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're not alone. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to encourage each individual here. If you need prayer for anything, there's going to be ministers up here when we close out this service. I want you to know that if you've been going through this, this look, there's been a lot of people here who have been tempted to quit. You have been tempted to quit. You have been on the edge of quitting. And something is just there holding on. And I'm telling you right now, the word was for you to keep going. To know that there's someone with you going through the same thing. But I want you to know you need to be encouraged tonight. You need to be, if you need encouragement of any kind, if you need just prayer for strength, we're here. Amen. We have ministers here to be able to pray with you and lift you up. Right. Hallelujah. They can lift you up even when you feel just, I can't do it anymore. We will lift you up. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we'll go ahead. Is there no announcements or anything like that? Um, we'll go ahead, but I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to uh, uh, speak with you tonight. And I love each individual here, and uh, you have a wonderful rest of your night, okay? Thank you very much. Thank you.